Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us here on the Recruitment Roundup podcast, which is brought to you by BMS Performance. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, BMS Performance is a specialist sales and marketing recruitment consultancy. For the last 30 years, we've been helping businesses across the UK recruit for vacancies at every level. I'm your host, Mike Leather, and every week I'll be joined by a new guest where we'll get stuck into the latest trends in regards to recruitment. We'll talk about insights, we share ideas, we share experiences, and ultimately we look to provide value to fundamentally help you, you whether or not you're a hiring manager, a business leader, or part of an internal talent team to recruit smarter, faster, and more effectively. Today, I am joined by my colleague and one of the best in the business, Mr. Rob Coombs. Welcome to the show, Rob. Hello, thanks so much for having me. All right, delighted to have you on. Um, as you know, as is customary, uh, we're going to kick off by you introducing yourself, you know, what you do at BMS, um, the nice question, why did you decide to jump into recruitment in the first place? So I'm one of our market development managers at BMS uh, within our technical division. So ultimately, my role, as well as being a senior national account manager, is to lead and drive the, the technical recruitment function within our organisation across construction, manufacturing, and industrial sectors, um, and make sure we're making the right partnerships, focusing on the right emerging markets, et cetera, and of course, coaching and developing the team. I've been at BMS for what, coming up to nine years in June. Um, and I got into recruitment off the back of, uh, you know, my primary career focus being uh, in, in the army and at Sandhurst, not quite going to plan. Uh, and recruitment was always something that post-university between joining the army that I was, I was looking at. Um, so I oh, thought it was right. a natural step. Came to BMS Performance on one of our graduate assessment days to get involved with potential opportunities with some certain businesses that the BMS were recruiting for at the time. And, and instead... Uh, ended up being snapped up um, <laughs> to work for PMS instead and, and never looked back since. You're one of the rare ones that actually had their eye on recruitment. Not many people do, no. many, not many people do at all. They're generally something that they fall into and then realise that they're pretty good at it. Or not, as the case yeah. sometimes is as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Cool. All right, well, you're an old-timer like like me <laughs> so this should be a good conversation so um, so. so this will be um the first episode that airs in the new financial year so um we thought it would be useful to um chat about what emerging trends that we saw in 22 23 um how they may or may not continue mm. in 23 24 um and also finish off with a few actionable takeaways for the audience in regards to how they might be able to best position themselves to recruit in 23-24, which is sure to be an interesting year. But Rob, let's let's kick off then by talking about 22-23. And I think the easiest way to do this will be to split it up, talking about the candidate side, also the client side. So we start with the candidates. What um what what changed in 22-23? Just keeping it broad to start off with uh, from a candidate side in your experience. I think it's good that we're starting from a, a candidate perspective because ultimately it's been very candidate led and driven. And, and a lot of recruiters, companies, commentators have used that phrase a lot. And, and that's been driven a lot by 
an increase in salaries is the biggest thing that changed in the last 12 months as we came out of that post-pandemic world. I mean, from looking at the, the figures from the ONS, but the last quarter just gone between December and, and February of this year, on average across the private sector in the UK, there's a 7% average on basic salaries. And that's, you know, not including bonuses as well overall. So that's been quite a big thing. Obviously, the cost of living piece has exacerbated that. And very rarely are we seeing applicants or have seen applicants moving from one job that they're comfortable in, let's say, to another one for the same money or less. Mm. Um, ultimately, back in the, you know, when I first started in recruitment, on target earnings and bonus was the be all and end all. Now it's mm. basic salary, guaranteed earnings, let's call it, based on performance and things of that ilk. That's been a big change. As well as money. The wider package has been a big piece as well. And, and that's usually manifested itself in two ways, three ways, sorry. So vehicles, again, when I started in recruitment nine years ago, driving around in a BMW 5 Series, 4 Series, or the, the top of the range Audi was the be all and end all sales professionals. Now it's, I must have electric, I must have hybrid. I'm thinking about the benefit in kind or car allowance because I'm already in a, in a, a car agreement. And ultimately, that has been a big change with that as well. Car allowance schemes, some of them have been paying the same as they did back in 2015, 16, 17. And, and that's yeah. been a change as well. Yeah, what, what, you know, what, what have you seen on that? Um, pretty much the same. If I look, if I look across um if I look across the team overall and, and, and the work that we've done, I think there's a couple of things that are striking. Definitely um, the inflation in salaries. Um, I think from the first two quarters of 22-23, it seemed like they were just rising and rising and rising and rising and rising. Um, I would say they've probably started to settle a little bit more towards the end of of well, the end of end of Q4, I think you probably agree with that as well. Um, companies are definitely, definitely having to pay more now to attract sales and talent than what, what, what they did do um, pre-COVID. You know, that, that won't change. But I think the the increase in salary inflation is slowed down somewhat. But, you know, converse to that, you've got candidates who they are doing well in roles and they're not actively looking at moving jobs. And if they are, like like you said, they're looking for pay rises of you know, five, 10K to move. So that's that's been a big change from a candidate perspective. And I think, yeah, again, on the benefits side, um, we've seen more offers turned down this year, 100% than we've done in previous years due to um, company car options, um, namely lack of electric vehicles, hybrids, or you've seen candidates who have had that benefit in the role and then considering um, their options with regards to accepting an offer because the offer on the table doesn't quite come with that benefit. I think another big one as well, which has been really amplified this year, is companies that are offering um, 20 days holidays. Absolutely. It seems to have struggled. Candidates are really, really pushing for, for um, flexible working. As we know, a lot of people now 
are only ever used to flexible working. You know, if they if if they're a second job or they've got a couple of mm. years of experience, so benefits absolutely have been um, a more pertinent um, pertinent topic and a real driver for candidates. And that's something that's been more of an emerging trend this year. I think a hundred percent. What about um, what have you seen in how candidates go about their their job search? Like what's changed? from that standpoint but yeah behavior is has absolutely altered and, and, and obviously the pandemic was the catalyst for that um as is this candidate driven market what we've seen as a business and what we can see on linkedin through people's conversations it, it is that ultimately candidates applicants people have got so many more options than they ever had before before the pandemic mm-hmm. etc and as a result they don't need to apply to adverts as much as they did before they don't need yeah. to be putting their cvs on the job boards etc because people like us direct companies in-house recruitment teams networks are contacting them to yeah. offer those opportunities because obviously there's a lack of people which we'll go on to shortly um, and, and as a result of this, you know, dearth of um, opportunity, mm. their behavior is not only changed because now they're more informed than ever because they can do everything that they need to online or have reviews and, and all that kind of stuff. It's so easy to uh, be put in front of a client, but also because of how quickly companies are having to move to attract and get this talent, get their get their paws on them, so to speak, can mm. the behavior has changed in regards to interview preparation as well. And we've seen that massively. Um, and, and that's taken a lot of companies, hiring companies, by surprise. And what I mean by that is, is that they haven't really moved with or been agile with the fact that, that candidates have got three, four, five interviews, sometimes with the advent of Teams and, yeah, yeah. and online interviews. These these are being sorted out within 24 and arranged within 24 hours of applying, whereas mm. pre-pandemic, it might take a week or two. So therefore, there is time to prepare candidate interview preparation is therefore not as in-depth which means the dynamic and fast-paced client uh, companies that are recruiting are having to sell more give more information on those conversations as well as getting information back and that has completely changed the dynamic of the recruitment process in the last 12 months in in my opinion and i think most of our colleagues opinion um from, from what they've been doing this year yeah yeah um candidates become much more selective not only about how they go about the job search but the types of companies that they'll, they'll that they'll be interested in that they'll talk to part because what you've said as well they're much more informed now um but we've definitely got 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 a change in the behavior of how candidates do go about the job search and it's it's not anymore that candidates will just go and apply for an advert a lot of them are passive which we've talked yes. about a lot on previous previous yeah. what about from um client side what trends did you see um emerge in 2023 well it's been it's no moving away from it it's been tough for hiring Mm. companies um and that has been driven by this shift in what we call a candidate driven market which has been this really odd cocktail one that obviously i've only been in in this game for nine years which sounds like a long time but haven't seen yeah exactly (laughs) haven't seen this this before a cocktail of you know the the ONS telling us that there are more payrolled employees in the UK right now than there ever has been in history. Mm. But at the same token, there are less active.
variety of available people in the workforce, i.e. people of an age, working age that are active mm. or that, you know, are able to work that aren't incapacitated for whatever reason, which, again, has been exacerbated by COVID. On top of that, you've got more job vacancies than there ever has been in the UK throughout the year. Now, that has gone down. And of course, mm. it's going down every month, every quarter. But don't be fooled by that, because as of um, the last quarter, January to March of 2023, there were 328,000 more vacancies across the UK, across all sectors than there were in the same period in 2020. So even yeah. though there are less vacancies in the market, there are still so many vacancies out there and unemployment rates are the lowest they've been since you know, Thatcher. Um, and, and throwing all that in there means that it's been super difficult for clients to recruit. And as a result, they've had to change their behaviours, just like candidates' behaviour has changed. And, and they've therefore gone down the route of potentially looking to hire from outside of their traditional norms. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And what have you seen um, in terms of the interview process? How's that? How have clients had to adapt on that front? A lot of them have, and a lot of them are doing so, and a lot of them just have not. And and that's mm. that's the, the nature of the of the <laughs> being human, isn't it? You know, we're always resistant to change and want to do path of least resistance. But ultimately, companies that have always been used to having a large talent pool to pick from having time to then interview lots of people at first and then have a short list of anywhere between two and four or five people for second interviews. Those days in the last 12 months have gone and and, mm. and companies have had to be okay with having one person at final stage interview. And that has made a lot That's of people... That's a mindset shift in itself, oh, though, isn't it? Massive. Made the people feel so uncomfortable making perceived... Big, well, obviously, they are big commercial decisions based on one thing. And, and as a human, we want to benchmark. We want to know what we could have worn, that fear of missing out. And companies that have done really well at recruiting in the last 12 months have embraced that change and made that leap of faith and trusted in that person, people or whatever, and, and made sure it works. Um, whereas those that tend to miss out are the ones that ultimately go, oh, we'll wait to see what else is there. And by the time they've done that, their preferred applicant has already gone elsewhere. It's, it's been a really tough one for, for companies. Yeah, because if I think if I look back at 22, 23, we've never been at a point where we could say the candidate-drivenness of the market, if that's even a word, <laughs> has got to like a, a midpoint of a, of a range where you've got candidate-driven on one side and employer-driven on the other side. And what you just said in your first point then about the um, employment rate in the UK, we've always been in a position where in in, in our world in sales recruitment land where there's been more vacancies than there has been good talent to actually fill them yeah. and that's manifested itself massively in um interview processes recruitment processes where you've had companies where they've not recruited since 2019 they've mm. come to market and thought well brilliant i'm looking forward to having two three people at the end of a process and it's been an ongoing dialogue we've had to have with them yes. um, to support and advise them in that market conditions now mean that you might only have one person so that means that the actual interview process itself and what you take them through possibly has to um, adapt as well because there might not be as many people in the market and that's that's sometimes not even if they're 
if, if, if they're only considering recruiting from the industry stats. So sometimes even mm. when they open it up, it doesn't open the floodgates massively. So I think that's definitely been been a change that I've saw in yeah. in the psyche of, of hiring managers. Um, I think on, on the flip side of that, though, as well, what we've also seen a lot, um, and I'm sure you'd agree with this from the clients that you, you'd work for, um, that clients have, have, have looked more now for closer recruitment partnerships. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at your LinkedIn feeds, right, and, mm. and maybe this is the algorithm working for me, but and I'm connected with a lot of recruiters and, and, and a lot of businesses out there, but that shift from volume-based market that we worked in in, in 2014, 15, 16, 17, you know, thank the Lord in some regards and a lot of regards, has moved into those closer partnerships and extension of working with businesses and, and companies that that realized that using two, three, four, five agencies like they may have done when the market was the other way around and there were so mm. many candidates and it was a case of, right, well, you know, let's get the best of the big bunch. Well, ultimately, by working closer, companies have focused in on that small talent pool, not diluting it too much, getting the best out of it, attracting it, not cutting corners and, and doing the fastest finger first approach. Mm. And it's worked well for a lot of businesses. Um and also, it's been great from a candidate journey as well, because as we've touched on, they've got three, four, five, six, seven opportunities being spoken to them for more angles. Um, and if their candidates were finding as well are ending up working with less recruiters because yeah. of because of this. And and the yeah, candidate yeah. journey, the company journey, it, it it's better for everybody. One of those things that ultimately has pushed people down that, as as you've said, there is identifying talent from outside of their own sectors and having to think about the bigger picture. And if they, i.e. they, the hiring company, haven't had that experience before, they have trusted one recruitment partner, sometimes two, in order to help them on that journey. And now they're better than they were in 2019 yeah. and much better prepared for it. So yeah, it's, it's been a great shift, obviously for our industry, but it's been a great shift for those hiring companies that have struggled because they've been able to access a knowledge base and support that they thought might have not been available to them before. Yeah, there's, there's, I think that there's, there's always, I would say always, um, but commonly a client might think, well, if we use four recruiters, I'm going to get access to a wider mm -hmm. pool of talent when usually the reverse is yeah. true by showing more commitment you get more commitment back, which means access to a wider wider pool of talent. But not to labour on that that point too much. I do yeah. want, want to talk about on, on, on this particular, particular subject, because we started off the candidate piece talking about inflation in terms of salaries. Mm. How have companies, in your experience, adapted to that as well? What trends have you seen coming through there? What we've seen a lot of is the re-rise of the counter-offer. Mm. It is quite fair to say, um, you know, we have had periods in the last 12 months where we've had a laugh and a joke about it. I mean, we can laugh and a joke about it now, but at the time it was pretty horrific. But there is some r quite ridiculous figures being thrown about there to to keep hold of people. Mm. Um, and, and sometimes that's companies not realizing, they're realizing too late that they haven't gone with the times and inflated salaries to keep their best people. And therefore they've had to cash dump, which mm. we all know in six months times, the underlying reasons you're looking to leave a company are still going to be there. And therefore it just pops up, uh, kicks the can down the road. But what we're also then finding is that um, companies are having to compete even more against obviously their peers and their 
competitors and, and therefore having to pay more and do other things with those those packages that we touched on before but yeah counter offers has, has been an interesting one what one of the biggest pieces of advice i've been giving to companies I might not even be working with them is to say right when you get to the end of that pro or towards the end of that process make sure you know what that person's got in there or what the likelihood is of them being counter offered so you've got two pieces there you've got what are their current employer going to do to keep hold of them? And what other companies are they interviewing with that are going to be pulling them from a different direction? And that has been a trend in the last 12 months that a lot of hiring businesses have, have really struggled to understand. And, and a lot of it is a case of, oh, well, what will be will be. But that's not going to help you and your sales team hit your ever-increasing targets with a, with a smaller sales force, which I'm sure is something we'll talk about shortly. Yeah, definitely. I thought I think um, this year, definitely, we saw kind of an accumulation on this um, particular point of the previous years. So you had companies who hadn't given um, pay rises to people um, since COVID. They, their people then might have been underpaid relative to the external market then when they've tried to recruit outside of the market sector they found it hard because their current people who are doing that job aren't on what they need to pay to get talent and then they're competing against all these other employees as well who can pay more so it's been a pro- it's been a work in progress I think a majority a lot of companies now are, are, are getting there but it's been tough and it's definitely been a trend that we've seen this year. And just to round off on on, on this point and tie a bow on it effectively, um, how many of, the, of these trends overall would you say have been positive and which ones do you think will continue in this, in this new financial year? Definitely from a positive perspective, it's around the, the recruitment process. And mm. it's about embracing technology. It's about embracing the fast-paced uh, nature of what us as a, as, as a society expect these days, and and all and being dynamic with recruitment processes and changing it from the way it used to be. That's I think a massive positive, and I expect a large element of that to stay. We are getting a lot more now face-to-face first-age interviews, which actually is quite refreshing, but has its own challenges. We could make a whole podcast yeah. on that. Um, but but that's, yeah, positive and I expect to stay. The, the salary and package piece, again, positive is the embracing of, of the wider package. Company cars being changed to hybrids or better car allowances. The embracing of... of holiday or working from home or wellness days or whatever it might be yeah companies really investing in in pensions and healthcare and those wider flexible benefits that are important to families especially in a cost of living crisis that's all really good do i expect that salary rise to continue as we've touched on it started to get to a point now where it is leveling out there will yeah. be obviously uh, instances where that happens but yeah there's as we can say, a lot of positives to come out the last 12 months, and it doesn't feel like it, but there are, definitely. Yeah, 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 100%. Okay. So, Rob, so the next point that we're going to cover um, is what we think we might see in 23-24 and the early portion of 23-24. Now, um, for the audience that are listening, we haven't got a crystal ball, um, so... If none of what we say comes comes true, then don't hold it against us. Um, but these are these are um, th- these these points now are based on on our experiences of what we've seen last year and what we think we might see 
see this year. So, Rob, so what are you expecting to see in the early part of financial year 23-24 in terms of emerging trends? Well, the first point I wanted to make is one that's not new. Happens every year, two or three points during the year, and it catches companies weirdly by surprise at this time every year. And that's April resignations. Um, And I say it weirdly because a lot of businesses do have annual bonus schemes. Obviously, this is the first podcast of the new financial year. And and a lot of businesses will pay their end of year bonuses either in March or April. And then guess what happens? People resign once they've got their Mm -hmm. cash because of the way that their bonus structure works. And, um, you know, people don't want to miss out on the the last 12 months of graph. So there's definitely going to be a lot of pressure on hiring and it's always the most competitive quarter. So that's that's not really something that's new, but it's a trend for I want our listeners to be aware of. Press pause on that point then. So because it's an important one and it's almost a bit of an uncomfortable one. But the reality is it does happen. Mm. We do see it every year. Um, what could companies be doing or hiring managers be doing potentially to to mitigate it? Now, what have you seen work work with, work with your clients in the past? Great question. So the the first thing, and it's not very easy to do if you're a massive corporate, it's probably easier to do if you're an SME, but it's ultimately change your bonus scheme for your salespeople. Make it quarterly. So then the the impact of one big annual bonus it is less. And therefore, um, you know, you, you're not going to have this glut in, in April, May time, potentially, or make it monthly, you know. So then that takes the edge off. Yes, that gives your people potentially um more of a, an easy way out earlier on in the year because you know it's it's less of an impact to them but at the same token you're less likely to have the same problem in april and may but outside of doing things like that it, it's bringing potentially those reviews forward trying to identify those problems earlier try and understand how happy they are through surveys or whatever it might be having regular package reviews and when i say package i'm not just on about salary I'm on about mm. the bigger picture, understanding yeah. the you know the short, medium, and long-term aspirations of your people, and and if they don't match up, then you know there's a red flag, so you can prepare for it uh, and get ahead of that curve. So they're just a few of those things that, that a lot of my clients have talked to me about and, and have implemented. Okay, cool. What else are you expecting to see? Well, the other thing, uh, apart from resignations, we are seeing and have seen some redundancies in uh, certain sectors, tech sector being the big one, because apparently and they were perceived to have overhired during the pandemic, which was horses for courses, really, because was, that was the biggest growth te- sector. Uh, and we don't quite know what that will mean for companies that are hiring, but could mean there's low hanging fruit. It could mean, though, there is an increased pressure on existing sales teams to attack that market share mm, and what we yeah. have seen in the last 12 months it will continue is that sales teams now because of the hybrid working working from home being seen to be able to get more done be more efficient less time on the road if you're a field salesperson and therefore more hours on a phone or behind a computer and and therefore the perception has been generally that therefore targets can go up with less people yeah but ultimately then that has a pressure on those people uh, and people are your biggest asset, you've got to look after them. So there could be pressure on salespeople, and that's something that needs to be looked at as well. Yeah, 100% on that front, because um, I think a lot of businesses, certainly the ones that we're talking to, targets are increasing again for mm. 23 
24, you've got targets going up, but you've also got some companies tightening the belts due to um, their overheads increasing and also those businesses finding sales harder to come by. What might that mean for salespeople? It might mean they're going to have to do more new business, Mm -hmm. which for some people who are in a new business role at the moment um, and they've got that appetite, great. But if you've got people that are in that, you know, 50-50 split or the current job's more heavily weighted towards account management, then they may look at that and think, I'm in for that or I'm out for it, um, which might have an impact on the sales team. Um, it could mean that they need to recruit, but I think it's definitely something that, that we're going to see in the, in, in the first quarter. There's going to be an increased um, push for new business across the majority of sales teams and not everyone's going to be up for that. No, absolutely. And, and I think that, you know, the final thought for me for, for the Q1 moving into Q2 is the market's not just going to change from candidate-led to, to company-led or, or whatever. It's going to continue to be candidate-led. And, and the real reason for that for the time being is still these salary pressures aren't going to go away. Because what we've been we've spoken to all our consultants and we've looked into the wider business and the candidates that we're meeting day in, day out, have still got quite a high expectation because of the cost of living. We're talking up to 20% pay rises, as you've touched on, to move. Yeah. That versus what you've just mentioned there about the cost that businesses are having to stomach at the moment – they can't afford to inflate their whole sales team so much. So it's still going to be very difficult for them to recruit in quite a small talent pool area. So it's going to be very competitive. As daft as this sounds and maybe as get out of jail free as this sounds, a bit more of the same than what we've seen. But I think we are getting to a level now where that salary conversation is going to become um, less and less and, and it's going to become a bit more business as usual for me. Yeah. I mean, typically, one of, certainly one of the trends that we've seen in the, in the last month, which we don't expect to change in the first quarter of 23-24, is candidate salary expectations. I mean, usually yeah. when candidates are coming to us, they're wanting an increase of 5 or 10k mm. on the basic salary. As we touched on before, there is more of a focus on moving to increase the basic salary rather than moving to get access to a larger bonus scheme. You know that. Yeah. Is 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 the shape of, of the market currently, and you, I think what what we're saying is you're going to still see that disconnect, which we've got at the moment. You've got companies who are tightening the belts, mm-hmm. and you've got candidates who are saying, "Well, to move, I need X," and you've got this disconnect where they they'll meet in the middle somewhere, yeah. but it doesn't make it doesn't mean it's going to be any easier for employers to fill the, fill the vacancies than what it was now. If anything, it'll remain the same possibly a little bit a, a little maybe a little bit harder as well um okay but it's going to be competitive nonetheless i think Absolutely. okay so to round off then rob um and leave the audience with some some actionable takeaways which we love doing um yeah. how can employers position themselves to recruit effectively this coming financial year so first one reviewing your recruitment process and that's done in two ways we've talked about this on on previous uh, pods etc it's done in two ways one you have an inward look at your own recruitment process maybe put yourself into the shoes of you going through a process 
The second way of doing it is having, and you know, a bit of a plug from our point of view, is having a sit down with your go-to recruitment partners. And this is the best time of year to do it in, in April um, and, and, and May, to look at the year ahead, have a reflect on 22, 23, what went well, what went didn't go so well, look at the data, look at the numbers, look at the insights and see if anything needs to change. So that, that's the first thing. And, and that should be your immediate action point to, to make sure you're yeah. ahead of the curve. Secondly, if you are recruiting directly, which a hell of a lot of businesses are doing and, and, and will always do, let's be super thoughtful about the quality of your adverts. I saw a fantastic um, piece on LinkedIn the other day, and I can't remember for the life of me who posted it. It was someone in my indus- in our industry, in the recruitment world, that said, you've got to see an advert as a piece of marketing. So many badly written and, and, and not very good adverts yeah, out there. 100%. So make sure that you're really looking at the quality of your adverts. What is it in it for the candidate to, to, to click and apply? What is it in for them to join your business? What are you offering them? Uh, and also what's the long-term potential of that role? Really think about the language used. And off the back of that, the third point, candidate engagement is absolutely key and that's never going to change and what i mean by candidate engagement though is moving away from literally just looking at people's cvs let's pick up the phone let's get involved with them let's have a conversation even if it's a 15 minute chat if you're recruiting directly to understand the human being behind that cv because you will open up a massive talent pool to you um rather than just focusing on what's written down on a bit of paper yeah 100% 100% brilliant great tips Rob and on that note we'll uh, we'll round off this episode so thank you very much for coming on that's a pleasure thank you so much for having me yeah my pleasure to have you absolutely brilliant thanks for that Rob and thank you for um, all the listeners listening this week and be sure to tune in next week where I'll have my colleague Sophie Mendham on um, and we'll be delving back into the world of marketing recruitment So that wraps up another episode of the Recruitment Roundup podcast. Thank you very much for listening to the show, to watching the show. Um, We really appreciate your support. It would be absolutely fantastic um, if you could give us a rating on Apple, on Spotify, give us a review. Um, Any feedback really, really helps and is massively appreciated. So thank you once again for joining us and we will hopefully see you again next week.